Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spy Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Max Stock, CEO and founder of Epicutus, Lisa Johnson, Senior Vice President of Global Sales and Corporate Development at Epicutus. All right, everybody, welcome to Medical Spa Insider. This is Alex Tiersch, your host, and on the AmSpa Hotline today. We are very excited to have Max Stock, CEO and founder of Epicutus, as well as Lisa Johnson. The, I've got you as the Senior Vice President of Global Sales and Corporate Development. Lisa, Max, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thanks, Alex. No, I appreciate you both um, being here. And so let's, let's get into it because... Um, Epicutus, which is a, a, a new skincare line that is that is on the market, and I have to say, which will make both of you, um, I think, very happy, we have been hearing quite a bit um, as far as um, what people are talking about, it kind of, you know, through the grapevine, and people are very, very excited about um, your line, and I've heard from several people, including some on my own team, who have been super pumped up about um, the results that they're getting. So, um, what I would love to do to start, because um, Epicutus is a is a new product um, on the line within the last, I, I want to say, in the last year or so. Um, um, Max, since you are the CEO and founder, I would love to just get um, a quick thumbnail sketch of, of kind of your history and background and, and, and how this whole thing came about. I mean, the skincare in, in medical aesthetics is a very crowded, competitive field, and, and you're one of the newcomers. So I'd love to hear kind of what that story is and, and what brought you here. Yeah, so I have a background, a scientific background. Um, my father and I started Signum back in 2003, and Signum Biosciences is the parent is the company right. that launched the brand Epicutus. Um, so yeah, I come from a science background. My father is a professor at Princeton University, professor of molecular biology, and we started the company because he had a really cool technology that he developed at his labs in Princeton that was that was focused on inflammation. And so early on, we had the idea that we would create um, not only cosmetic ingredients but also drugs for topical disease. And so. Over the last 20 years, we've been a developer of topical drugs for diseases like atopic dermatitis and rosacea, as well as cosmetic ingredients for the skincare industry. And our model has, over the last 20 years has been to license those technologies to various companies around the world. And one of the things that my father and I saw pretty early on on the cosmetic side is a lot of our technology would be formulated in products um, that that didn't necessarily have the best ingredients in them. And he and I both suffer from seborrheic dermatitis. And so we would have to take our ingredients that we would license and then create our own formulas that were just really simple. So it just had a few ingredients and then the active um, and then use those. And so early on, probably about six, seven years ago, I had we had the idea that we could create our own product line. And because we had been developing drugs for topical disease, I was very familiar with the professional channel, obviously through dermatologists. And I always looked at the professional channel as being a great, uh, a great way to buy skincare products for people to learn about skincare products. It's really the last high touch environment where you can go speak with an expert on skin like dermatologists or estheticians and get help in terms of using different skincare products. Um, so I just saw an opportunity there to commercialize our technology in a very authoritative channel so where you really have experts and the department stores used to be one place that people would have that high touch environment but yeah. that really over the last 10 years has accelerated and is really going away so that was really the genesis behind uh epicutus and early on in the crew in the history of signum we partnered with a japanese pharmaceutical company and commercialized some technology there in japan and i uh was was privy to really learning about the way Japanese companies develop skincare technology, skincare formulas, and was very impressed. They're create, they tend to create more clean formulations, very 
uh, highly technical formulations. And so I was able to, about seven years ago, recruit Masanori Tomura, who was a master formulator in Japan. And I really wanted to bring those very technical uh, formulations uh, to our technology. And that's how then over the last five, six years, we created the formulas behind Epicutus. So, wow. uh, so really that's the beginning of, of so this uh, is, I mean, so this has been, been in, in the works for, for a long time going back from, um, your dad's days at Princeton and then um, Signum Biosciences. So this has been kind of under development for a long time. What was it about? And, and, and just so I'm clear, you, you launched Epicutus, I want to say, was it 2021? Was, was yeah, we launched in August of last year. Okay. I think, or September of last year, we launched right. the product. So I, so I guess that's like nine months, something like that. Right. Um, and like you're saying, we've gotten a great reception. So... Um, so yeah. And so, and a lot of the brands that I saw in the professional channel were some of the dirtiest brands in the whole space, in the whole skincare space, meaning there was a lot of ingredients that were included that weren't necessary. Um, and, and I just saw an opportunity to really take very, very powerful actives that we have, that we have created at Signum, um, and then and, and then have simple formulations, right. very, com- very, very sophisticated, but simple formulations. I also saw that the, the, the products that are out there were very uh, skew heavy, meaning that, you know, they would recommend use these six products in the morning, use these six products in the evening. So I thought there could also be a great opportunity to have a very simple system, meaning right. only two products that would use. Uh, for the for for everything um, that were uh, uh, amendable to all skin types. Yeah, um, I was yeah. I was I was looking at that on, on, when I was when I was looking at your website, and and for someone like me, and I think for a lot of men especially, that, that's that's what we need. Like I, I look at some of these regimens, and there's some great regimens out there, but there's six or seven steps morning and night, and it's like there's no way I'm going to do that. Yours seems to be a lot a lot more simple. Yeah, that's exactly right, and maybe. Being a guy, I, I, uh, I, I know how I know how you're thinking, Alex. I well, we wanted something simple. I wasn't going to use that myself for all those different yeah. all those different products. So exactly, and I and people are have less and less time. Um, compliance is fairly low in terms of when they're using these skincare products. So yeah, I really wanted to create something simple and easy to use in this kind of hectic hectic life that we're all living now. Yeah, and so I, I, I do want to get into some of the things that you brought up, and I, and I want to talk to Lisa about that. But but I'm curious about one thing that, that you had mentioned. Um, it's because c- w- we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs on this podcast. And one thing I'm always curious about when when companies start up or they launch something into you know like like, a, like an Epicutus as a brand, um, you know, it, it always seems like you know for, for brands that are successful, especially, but 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 just in general. The, the timing of everything kind of lines up in the right way. And I'm curious, what was it? Because it's here we are in t- 2021, you're launching kind of at the tail end of the pandemic. A lot's been been going on. Um, how long have you wanted to to launch a line, your own line, as opposed to just providing, you know, some of the, the component parts in skincare? And, and how long have you been developing and planning to get this get this this new brand out? And has the pandemic had any impact on your timing? Yeah, so the pandemic hasn't really had any impact, and we've been planning for about five years now okay. to launch to launch the product. I think the timing is more is more around the uh, the, the the prevalence of pe- people's awareness around uh, skincare products. What's actually in the skincare products? You really saw it in the food industry with the whole foods coming and really starting to dominate in terms of groceries and food. People are thinking about organic and what that means. What's it, what are, what are they putting in their body? And so um, there was a film that came out, a documentary film that came out, I think it was about four years ago called toxic beauty where uh, somebody had a skincare journey and they actually measured some of these ingredients uh, systemically. So they would do a blood draw and they actually saw these chemicals that weren't supposed to, uh, you weren't supposed to get exposure to. So, so really a wave is cresting in the space 
Um, and, and that really had a, a, a big role in, in yeah. the timing. So I think the industry is ripe for a simple, very straightforward system. But at the same time, one of the things that we do is we really provide transparency into what we're doing. A lot of brands, they'll have the main actives listed as far as ingredients. And then you have to have a couple clicks to go. And then you see this very small font. Uh, of 50, mm-hmm. 60 different ingredients, and you don't really know why those ingredients are there. So I just thought the industry was was really ready for a product like Epicutus. That's awesome. Um, and Lisa, I know we've we, we've spoken in the past. You uh, um, you've you've been to um, some of our boot camps, and you were at uh, MSS, uh, obviously. And um, one of the things that I found interesting about your background is that you are. Um, a, are, are you still a PA or are you no longer a PA, but you just used to work as a PA in, uh, I think in a, in a skin and, and, and vein center. Is that right? Yeah. So my background is I, uh, worked with a doctor, a cosmetic doctor, um, in Boise, Idaho as a right. PA for about 15 years and, uh, was also did a lot of training for Cyton was really heavy into laser ablations and things like that for my patients. Right. And, um, you know, one of the how, how I kind of was introduced to Epicutus and to Signum Biosciences is I was familiar with a product that they had um, had some of their technology in, which a lot of you probably remember the Probage line about six, seven, eight years ago. And uh, was, so was familiar with tech, the technology behind Signum and really viewed Signum as a powerhouse. And when I was doing ablations and different laser procedures, I was, you know, uh, using the recommendation of my laser rep to ablate the skin and then send these people, these patients to Walgreens to purchase mm. Aquaphor mm. to put on their skin after ablation. And that just never really fit for me. You know, I was number one, ablating the crap out of the barrier of the skin and charging these patients three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 for this laser procedure and then supposed to just send them to Walgreens to right. purchase their skincare. And it just never resonated for me. And I always saw a need for a product that was going to be, you know, help to calm down irritation after the procedure, increase the patient's comfort level, because as we know, with these procedures, it can be very uncomfortable, especially with the technology back then. So I really saw Signum as somebody that could provide a technology like that. And that's that's actually how I met Max. I sent him a a message on Facebook, believe it or not, and just wanted to learn more about their technology and if they had any ideas around this kind of post-procedure space. And that really reinforced our ideas at Signum because if you're getting all these procedures, you're actually compromising the barrier of your skin, which is going to make all these skincare products absorb much, much more. And so that professional channel needs to have transparent, clean products more, more than any. Yeah, I, I think the I think the moral of this podcast is you have to make sure you pay attention to your Facebook messages. Really, I mean, um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's so you reached out and and, and Max, um, when you received that message, were you just like, who the heck is this crazy PA? What am I going to do? Or is it or was there an immediate like, oh, this is this is going to be a good fit? Uh, it actually felt very very uh, serendipitous. Yeah, I was thinking a lot about the space, and one of the. You know, I wasn't very educated. I haven't been a, a uh, you know, I haven't gotten a lot. I haven't gotten any aesthetic procedures myself. And um, I really needed to learn about the space. And I always knew that we needed that expertise at Signum. So once we started to have conversations with her experience, um, it be- became pretty clear pretty quickly that we could work together and develop something innovative transparent and new for the for the channel that's that's that, that's a, a a great story and and, and lisa i want to talk i want to talk with both of you because you've both mentioned in in the lead up to the call when we were we were chatting and then um max you've you've mentioned it a few times you've used words you know clean transparent um you've mentioned the dirty ingredients um from other skincare products this is something that honestly i i you know when we first talked lisa i was not totally aware of. I think I had heard of it um, a little bit um, in passing, but there hadn't been a big focus on it. Um, I'm curious, um, t- 
talk about that a little bit. And what's the, I mean, is this kind of like, you know, one of the dirty little secrets of the skincare industry um, overall and in aesthetics that, that there's all of these, these, these ingredients that maybe aren't needed. And um, what's the reception been when you, when you go out and sell this to, to, to clinics um, with, with your, your vision of, of transparency in, in, in a clean product? You know, it's, it's interesting because people will, you know, b- being in this space for a long time, recommend different, recommending different products to people and hearing their experience, you always get somebody that will say, oh, I used that product for a couple of months and then all of a sudden I started to react to it. Or I can't use ferulic acid because I react to it. Mm-hmm. And the more you look at different formulations and different actives, you realize that most people are not necessarily reacting to the active ingredient in a product line. They're typically reacting to all of these preservatives and chemicals that are added to the actives to stabilize them and, and fill the formulation, you know, keep cost of goods down, all of those things. And so my experience was patients weren't necessarily reacting to this amazing active. They were reacting to all the other things that were in the formulation. And so we've, the more and more we've, we've dove into formulas and different ingredients, the more we realize, you know, a product can have a fragrance quote unquote in their product, but because of the way the industry's positioned, you can put a lot of other things under that term fragrance. So the patient doesn't really know what is in their product, which in turn, they don't understand what they're reacting to if there is a sensitivity or a reaction. Yeah, and so we're getting a great response in terms of people love that you have a clean product, very few ingredients that you can actually apply after these procedures, and there's no stinging whatsoever. I think most products that we hear about, people actually have a stinging, and they've almost accepted that as a reality that right. you have you have to have that. So, so yeah, and and you really are seeing even some difference. You know, we've done quite a bit of work internationally. So I saw that the the EU um, they have over thirteen hundred ingredients banned right. for use in skincare products, and I think the number here is like. 15. Right. Um, so, so, so when you're starting to see California has prop 65, which they're going to start to black label some of these products that have some of these ingredients and, and the big, the big ones that are really deleterious are the parabens, the paraffins, the, those types, but people are becoming more aware of some of the other ingredients that actually are pro-inflammatory. And when somebody's getting these aesthetic procedures, what they're trying to do is create more elastin and, 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 uh, you know, create there. That's what you're really trying to do. Collagen and elastin is what gives you that structure to your skin. And so if you're using products that actually can be pro-inflammatory, you're really breaking down all that collagen and elastin that you just paid all that money to produce. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, we've gotten great, great feedback um, for sure. Great. It's been great. The, the, you know, I, I, I found it interesting and, and I, I poked around a little bit on this after, after um, reading about it um, in, in re- relation to Epicutus was exactly as you said that, that in Europe, um, and also in in Asia, uh, specifically Japan, where you where you have um, um, you know you have a, you have a, a partner who 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 is from Japan. Um, there's a lot more regulation as far as what goes into skincare products that doesn't exist in um, the states. And, and I, I found that interesting because you know for a lot of um, aesthetics, it's it's the opposite. I mean, it, with the FDA, we're we're very very strict about about procedures and devices, and it, it takes a, a long time to get things done and uh, to get things approved. And, and you can go to Europe or or Asia and get get treatments that you otherwise could not get here. But for skincare, it's it's it seems to be the opposite. And I'm I'm curious, what's the like when you talk about. Um, Say Japan, um, what's the atmosphere there like um, when it comes to skincare? And and and, can, and do do you believe there there truly is a more advanced kind of culture as a, with respect to skincare and and skincare products than there is here in America? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you see it in Europe and in Japan, and um, there's a pretty high bar uh, in terms of um, there's much more consumer awareness. Um, consumers are much more educated. Um, here in the United States, it's much more of the Wild West in terms yeah. of 
like you're saying, skincare products are really not regulated at all. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, just a lot more consumer awareness and companies have to have to cater to that. Um, and then that obviously goes hand in hand with uh, more more stringent regulations about what actually can be included in these skincare products. And because we had that experience, we had to register our ingredients um, uh, globally. So we're, right. we were very aware of, of that reality. But but yeah, just a much more educated consumer, just much more consumer awareness around around those products. So it's interesting. Um, you, one of the one of the taglines on your um, um, on your product line is uh, Epicutus is a science based skincare line that treats health and not age. Lisa, what uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so the biggest thing with people when they're looking at a product to give them results is they're looking at something that they see on their skin, whether it be hyperpigmentation or fine lines and wrinkles, enlarged pores. So they're they're looking at their skin and they're looking for a product to treat what they see. And what we find is all of those things that you see on your skin, whether it be wrinkles or enlarged pores, things like that, come from inflammation in the skin. So I always tell people the side effect of healthy skin is it's more beautiful, it's more bright, it's less wrinkled. So you're really trying to treat things that you see, but the underlying cause of what you see is from inflammation and the health of the overall skin. So we didn't, we wanted to come at it from more of a overall health of the skin, which in turn makes it less wrinkled, makes the pores shrink, those types of things. It's not just treating, it's not just putting a Band-Aid on the symptom. It's actually really truly treating the skin for a long-term health. And there's also a trend in beauty where people are more focused. Again, it's very similar to the food industry. Um, where people are much more aware of health as opposed to uh, as opposed to anything else. So we really we really wanted to, and we're a biotech company. We really see the future of skincare as being biotech driven um, right. instead of marketing necessarily driven. And so in our marketing, we really wanted to speak to health as opposed to all about anti-aging, anti-aging, because in the end, we're all going to age no matter what you're, you know, if you're 80 yeah. years old or 70 years old, you're not going to have the same skin that you will when you're 40. So aging is just something that's a part of life, but that doesn't mean that you don't want to have, you know, you don't want to focus on your health. So that's right. really our, 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 uh, our, our, our ethic in terms of what we stand for with that brand. Right. Now, does um, does the cleanliness, for lack of a, a better word, of your product, so having, you know, having it being transparent um, and, 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 and eliminating kind of the superfluous ingredients, does that have an impact on um, how long things last? And, and, and how are you getting around some of those issues? Because, I mean, th- these skincare lines put that stuff in for a reason, presumably, for whatever that is, whether it's to preserve or, or make it fragrant. How, how are you getting around some of those issues? Yeah, so our actives actually don't need the preservatives to maintain their stability. So we have still have two-year shelf life. Um, oh, so... So it's really about the formula. So no, they're, 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 it's a very powerful formula. It works formulas. They work very well. Um, and, and we really are seeing that. I think that's one of the reasons you had mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of people that are excited about the products because they, they really work. And that was in the industry, that was kind of the conventional wisdom is that you needed all these ingredients in order for the product to work, this kind right. of kitchen sink approach, where in fact, if you have a powerful active, you don't need all those other ingredients in there. Um, so that 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 it's really the it's really the opposite. It's we can have few ingredients and the active actually, you know, is is, is active and, and really works. Yeah. And, and we also put high concentrations of the active in the product as well. So our focus isn't driving the cost of goods of the formula down by using the most inexpensive ingredients. Um, what we like to do is really put money into the formula. And we created the for- formula first and foremost. We're not, we didn't tradi- go after the traditional strategy of creating all the marketing story and all the marketing. What we really wanted to do yeah. is almost build a field of dreams. And if you build it, they will come. And and we, 
we took that approach, really put our heart and soul into the formulas, really thinking about each ingredient that went into the formula um, and taking that approach. So they still have a two-year shelf life. They're very stable. We also control the whole manufacturing process. So we do our own formulations. We mix our own formulations. We create our own actives. We do analysis on all the ingredients that actually go into the formula. So we're not using some manufacturer in some foreign country. Um, we, we, we really control that process because people are paying a lot of money for these products and we really deserve, we really think that they deserve a high quality. So purity is really our standard at, at Signal. Yeah, that's um, that's that, that's that's super exciting, and I, I like that it that that it's a clear differentiator in in a in a very crowded space, right? Where we're seeing more and more um, skincare lines come in. Um, I, I'm I'm curious, what's been the impact of? Uh, and I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. Um, Masanuri Tamura. The the that's your director great. of product that's development, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. What, what, how did that relationship come about, and what's been, you know, kind of the impact of of, of having um, that gentleman who's who's uh, I, I think fairly well known in in Japan for, for skincare. Um, I'm I'm yeah. curious how that 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 relationship developed. Yeah, he created the formula, the Hadolabo formula, which is the number one moisturizer in all of Asia. So early on in the history of Signum, a Japanese pharmaceutical company invested in us. And so I was traveling very frequently to Japan and just met met Tamora and became we became friendly and started to talk about Signum and our technology and all the stuff that we're talking about now. So he and I formed a friendship and he had a bit of an entrepreneurial streak in him, which isn't too common in, in, in Japan. And he really um, was very intrigued. And so about six years ago, I was able to talk him into joining our company and, uh, and, and start to create formulations that work synergistically with our actives. He, our actives are very unique. They're small molecule lipid lipid-like molecules that um, can very play very nicely in a number of different formulations. And so he and I just became friendly and, uh, and I was able to recruit him into Signum. And uh, over the last five years, we've been creating these formulas awesome. around our technology. So he was very impressed with our technology and, and is very much a, an entrepreneur um, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the space. That's cool. It, 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 it makes it kind of a, a worldwide brand right off the bat, too, which has um, got to be important. Um, yeah, we actually see that. Um, we're, getting, we're getting a lot of interest in Europe yeah. and, in, and in Japan. Um, they, they really, there's, a, there's a, a lot more, there's a lot of appetite for clean, very, very uh, active, powerful uh, formulation. So right. that's, that's exactly right. So, Lisa, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you, um, in fact, I think we were chatting um, maybe at one of the boot camps, um, being a PA in the industry and then coming over to skincare, I mean, you, you've, you've obviously seen um, quite a bit um, in terms of the, the time you've been in the industry. Um, what are you seeing? And, and you mentioned something at the outset that I thought was, was, was very important, something that we talk about a lot in, in, in that, you know, uh, the educating med spa owners on the importance of having retail products, specifically skincare, um, because oftentimes what's going to happen is like w- what you were saying back in kind of the old days, folks would get treated and then they would go to CVS or Walgreens or wherever it is and buy whatever, you know, what, whatever was there. And and there's, so there's a certain level of you know, wanting to protect your investment by recommending um, medical grade skincare that's going to work. I'm, I'm curious what's your, um, what are what's your impression of the industry now that you're on the other side um, selling to med spas like what are some of the things that you're noticing that you think med spas could do a lot better or maybe what they do really well that you've been kind of surprised about if that makes sense 
Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things is as a clinician or somebody performing different procedures, um, you know, these patients are coming into you because they trust you, right? So that yeah. it's just like going to your hairstylist. You're going to buy whatever they recommend because they know your hair, right? So estheticians, we feel like know skin almost better than anybody, and they get familiar with patient skin. And there's only so much as a clinician you can do in the chair. These procedures, the things that you're doing, the things that you're offering only go so far. A very large part of what patient, the results that patients get and overall health of their skin comes from what they do at home. And I feel like just from my experience as a clinician, there hasn't been anything that we've really felt good to offer to everybody. And also knowing after you do a procedure, I mean, a lot of clinicians that are listening to this, they'll laugh because I would get it all the time. I would really set the patient up for this is what you're going to expect. Maybe there's going to be some peeling over the next couple of days. There's going to be some redness. There's going to be some irritation. You set up those expectations and you get that phone call the next day of the patient kind of freaking out, especially if they're new to aesthetic procedures. Oh my gosh, my skin is peeling. My skin is on fire. What am I doing? What do I wash with? Mm -hmm. You know, and also you would write out a treatment plan. Okay, the next day you're going to start this product and then 24 hours later you'll start this product and it's this whole regimen. And patients, especially when they're going through these procedures, and if they're new, they can be very traumatic. They don't know what to expect. And so they get confused of, okay, now now I start this and oh, oh man, I, I forgot to put that on. And it really has provided a simplicity for the clinician to put their mind at ease that the patient now has a product that they're going to go home with and not have any reactions to. It's very simple. They'll know how to use it. So patient compliance after the procedure goes up, right. um, as well as, you know, as a clinician, if a patient comes in and their barrier is compromised, their skin is very dry and it's in this unhealthy state, you can only get so far by treating their skin. And so you can only do so much. It really is going to be dependent on what they do before and what they do after. So I really wanted to provide the space with a product that could really make the clinician look like the hero because a patient's going to go in. If their skin is in a nice, hydrated, healthy state, they're going to have the procedure. They're going to leave. Leave, they're not going to have as much discomfort. Their downtime is really going to be decreased. And the clinician really looks like the hero, right? Yeah. Because the patient yeah. doesn't understand, is it the skincare or the procedure? I don't know. I look amazing. I feel amazing. I had a great experience. So that that's one of the exciting things for me with, with having so much clinical experience is it, it really increases the experience that the patient is getting from the office. And in the end, what that does is actually increase the profitability of the Medispa or the, or the, or the Durham office. Right. So that's one thing that Lisa was really able to bring to the table is understanding their business, not just their customer, but their business. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been getting so much traction is because clinicians really see this as helping to increase their 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 profitability, increase their revenues by people being more uh, being happy with these procedures and and having better results. And it really is a journey. It becomes kind of a non-negotiable. If you're treating your skin, right. this is what we mm -hmm. recommend to protect your investment long term. And patients are going to put something on their skin. Would you rather right. have them buy it from you and buy what you recommend, or have them go off site or go to the derm store or wherever? And it, like like Max said, it's kind of the wild, wild west and they don't really know what they're getting and they don't really know what to buy. And so the clinician has the authority to say, this is what I recommend. And when you do that, the patient goes, yes, I'm looking for a recommendation. They don't know what they should be using. Yeah. And there are a lot of options. And so really, we've seen, um, you know, a massive amount of revenue be able to come into the clinic because I always used to say your retail should be at least 20 percent of your business yeah. because those people are looking for that recommendation. Yeah, we're I mean, that's kind of where we we projected at when we're we're. I'm talking to folks about when they're breaking down, you know, what their revenue stream should be. We see the best med spas have 20% of their revenue coming in from, from, from skincare retail, but, but skincare in particular. And, and that's, that's a lot when you think about, you know, you've got a couple million dollars of revenue and, you know, 
20% of that is coming in just from retail where you don't have to worry about, um, you know, there, there's no, there's no cost per hour. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's such a great way to, um, to make additional money. And I'm curious, so Lisa, in, in, in your time, have you found, because one of the things that I find is that a lot of the practitioners who open, um, medical spas or, or small aesthetic clinics, um, tend to have initially at least tend to have difficulty, making those recommendations and trying to sell those products because they just feel weird about it. They're, they're clinicians, they're, 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 whether they're, they're physicians or, or nurse practitioners, whatever it may be, they don't necessarily have that, um, that, that kind of innate sense to say, this is what you need. It's always very much, well, um, you know, we can do this, we can do this, but I don't want to force you anything. They don't want to seem pushy. Have you, have you, have you seen that in this industry and, and, and where do you think that's going? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that I try and tell clinicians is you have to understand that patients are spending money, whether it's at your place or somewhere else, to put something on their skin. If they're conscious to come into you and have a treatment, they're concerned about their skin. So they're spending money somewhere. So I like to to help people think about it as a you are redirecting them. You're redirecting those funds to be spent with you per your recommendation. So it's, it's not really, you're not trying to get them to buy something additional. You're sort of redirecting them to something that they're going to get a better result from anyway, and they're going to be happier at the end. So it's not really, I think we always think about, oh my gosh, they just spent $3,000 for this laser package. And now I want them to spend an additional $300 for this product. And it's really none of our business what people spend their money on, right? And knowing that they're going to be buying it somewhere, so they might as well be buying it from you. Yeah. And we've really, I mean, the other approach that, that Epicutus has taken is to really give um, higher margins to the clinician. Because the other thing that the industry has really done is have this sort of, you know, straight 50%, you buy it for wholesale, you sell it for retail. Well, if the clinician wants to offer a 20% discount, you purchase a laser package and we're going to throw this this product in for you, that comes out of their 50% end. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of the things that Epicutus has really done as well is to really be aware of the clinician's business and figure out how to bundle these products with procedures that they're already doing, the patients are already spending money on. Um, and like I said, it, it sort of becomes a non-negotiable is if you're going to come in and spend this money, this is what you're going to use to protect that investment. And patients love that, yeah. right? They're, they're, they're excited because you're thinking about them long term versus just in that moment of that procedure. Totally. I, I think um, that's where we're seeing a lot of the best med spas go is, is it's not so much here's kind of what we recommend. It's if you want the best results, if you want to, you know, reach the before and after photos that we're showing you, you need to start off by doing skincare before you need to have your treatment and then do it afterwards. And you kind of make it part of their regimen. And, and, and and most patients, especially male patients, but most patients in general will buy into that and they'll just buy it. And and, and so I, I think it's really effective. And I think the patient is coming to you as the expert, right? right They're yeah. looking for a recommendation. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're looking for recommendations all day long. We go on to Google, we look at reviews, we, we find what we think is the best option. And so they're there in your office because they believe you are the best option to get where they want to go. Yep. And so if you leave that skincare portion out, it is a huge loss for you because number one, your patient's not getting the recommendation that they're looking for, whether they believe they're looking for that or not. And just remembering that they're going to be spending money, whether it's with you or someone else. Right. I mean, that, that's big. When you start to educate clinicians and especially, I really see, you know, um, one of the things that I, I've, I've seen a lot of is the receptionist. And that's kind of the other little uh, elephant in the room is you can only do so much as a clinician in the back. You spend your time with the patient. You give them this recommendation. This is kind of the journey that your skin's going to go on. This is what we recommend to get the best results. And then you take them out front and they go to check out. Right. And it never fails. The patient will ask the receptionist, what do you think of that skincare? And mm -hmm. most often the receptionist has never tried it. 
And that is huge in this space because that person is usually the first person that they see when they check in and it's the last person they see when they leave. And um, let's not forget, a lot of clinicians run behind. So the receptionist is also the one engaging with them and really building that relationship as they're sitting in the waiting room waiting for you. And so when that patient asks, have you tried it? What do you think? And the receptionist says, no, I haven't tried it yet. Why is that? It's because nobody's giving them product to experience for themselves and allowing them to fall fall in love with. Yeah. And so that's one thing that we really focus on is making sure if you're going to offer this product, everybody in the office needs to try it, needs to love it because that one person can make or break your sale no matter what you do as a clinician in the back. And then also our onboarding process, I think, is very robust. So we really want to educate everybody in the office from the receptionist to the clinician for that same reason, to really make people aware, feel like they're supported in their business um, so they can actually sell the product, talk about the product. And it's simple. And the, the simplicity of the system as well allows people. It's two products that you're talking about, not 30, yeah. not 50. Yeah. Um, so that, that also makes a big difference. You're not taking them to a whole wall of retail in your office and hoping yeah. that you remember what each of those products do. Right. And it also ensures that the same thing that the re- clinician is talking about in the back is the same thing that the receptionist is talking about out front. Yeah. Because I used to have have trouble with, you know, when I when I was in medicine, my doctor was in her 60s at the time and I was in my 30s at the time. We had very different skin. So she would spend some time with somebody and give them recommendations and then I would have a very different experience with, with those products and I would recommend something totally different. Mm-hmm. And so now we're back to the patient is confused. One person said one thing, the other person said the other. I'm not going to buy anything because I just don't know. Patients don't buy when they're confused. And so that is the other thing is, um, you know, it's very simple and it is for all skin types. So if you're struggling with, you know, younger acneic skin or oily skin versus being more mature skinned and looking for some more hydration, it's the same product. Yeah, it's you're you're speaking the gospel right now, both of you, because it's to me, it's it's so true. There's um, so much of that training, particularly of the of the front desk staff, but not just them. It's everybody being on the same page. And I can't tell you how many times we've talked to um, shit. It happened to my to my wife just the other day when she was going to a, a particular clinic. Like if there's not that consistency across people saying the same thing, recommending the same thing, it, you, you're, you're just losing money. And, and when you talk about 20 percent retail, you know, over a couple million dollars, like that is a lot of money. And if you're not doing it right, you're missing out on a, on a big chunk of revenue that they're going to go get somewhere else. And I think the other thing that I'm sure you would agree with is um, purchasing skincare, especially if, if people like it and they're engaged in it and it's, it's following a regimen, is going to get them to come back and spend more. Whereas if they go get skincare from somebody else, that's where they're going to go back. Yep, absolutely. And that's the other thing that we really wanted to do is kind of protect only selling the product through our partnered clinicians. So when you recommend this product with a microneedling, they use it, they love it, whether they're coming back for another treatment or not, they're still coming back to you to purchase Epicutus because they can't get it online. They can't get it on Amazon. They are coming back to you to refill that, which is another way. I mean, it's another exposure to your practice and what else you offer because now that patient is coming back in your door to pick up their skincare product that they love. Right. And when they have less and then when they have less downtime, they have less discomfort. They're actually going to get more procedures. They're going to come back. They're going to buy that package instead of just trying it and getting having all this pain and discomfort using products that are not going to give them as good a result. So not only the 20% of revenue, but also increased uh procedures, increase revenue through that as well. I always say, if if you do a procedure on a man, and I can say this because you're both men, um, (laughs) I I always say, if you do a procedure on a man and they walk out and their skin is on fire and they're uncomfortable, they are never coming back because Mm -hmm. they don't want to experience that discomfort after. They want to leave and be comfortable. They want to walk out and and this goes for all patients. They want to walk out, get in their car, pull that visor mirror down because you know that's what everybody does 
does when they leave your office, they pull the visor mirror down and they take a look at your, at their skin. And if their skin is nice and calm, it looks plump. It has that beautiful glow versus it's red, irritated on fire. And in the middle of winter, they're turning on their AC because their skin is literally on fire. Um, You're going to get them coming back to, like Max said, have more procedures. It's less of a traumatic experience for them. I used to, um, you know, back back in the day when we really only had deep ablative lasers, I would take people out the back door because yeah. they had this bloody, irritated, yeah. on fire face. And I didn't want to walk them out into my waiting room because there could be another patient out there looking at them going, oh my gosh, I would never do that. That looks terrible, right? So I would take them out the back door, which is not a good experience for anybody. And at the end of the day, we're really creating that experience for that patient. And if they have a good experience, they're going to come back. And more importantly, they're going to tell their friends, which we know that's how our businesses grow in the aesthetic space is people are talking about it very organically. Yeah, the uh, the good old days of the you know <laughs> burn the top layer of flesh off and and people see it and like oh my god like what the hell um, so uh, first of all, I, I I mean Max I want to both of you I want to say congratulations I mean this is really exciting I I I, I really get pumped up when there are new companies that are coming in. One thing I love about the med spa space aesthetics in general, particularly med spas is it's such a, it's such a fast paced, evolving, growing industry. There's so much going on. There's so much changing. There's so much opportunity. And I'm curious, Max, what's, um, what's next? I mean, I, you're, you're, you're a global brand already. You, you've indicated, um, What's your primary target and, and, and what's your overall goal here? Is it total world domination and then moving into the outer outer ring of the solar system or, or what's what's next? Yeah, you got it. Um, <laughs> you know, appreciate the kudos. And yeah, we really see Epicutus as being able to dominate the category. I think we're doing something really different. I think you have quite you have Goliaths that are in the space that are used to doing things in an old way. And Epicutus has has an opportunity to disrupt things. Um, and dominate the category through through what we've been saying. So I, I see uh, uh, us continue. We have a we're a biotech company, so we're, we don't just have one technology. We have a very robust pipeline of technology. Um, we don't want to create a lot of different products, but we certainly will be upgrading products as we move forward through the years um, and and continue to uh, create cutting edge formulations with incredibly powerful actives. So that's, that's, that's what we really see. We have a, we have a very, uh, an innovative oil cleanser that we're coming out with in May. Um, and there, currently there's no oil cleanser in the really in the professional channel. So that's, that's a big one for us. And then, you know, probably over the next nine to 12 months, we'll be coming out with a sunscreen, um, as well. Um, so we'll just continue to innovate, um, mm-hmm. continue to do what we're doing and, and, uh, expand globally. And, and that's the plan. You got it. Global awesome. domination. That's awesome. Um, I look forward to, uh, I look forward to following uh, your journey because I think you guys are going to be very successful. And, and Lisa, how do we get, I'll, I'll kind of end this in a totally unrelated question. How do we get more PAs into the industry? Because there's such a need for that mid-level, and although I hate that term, it's 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 what's used that mid-level practitioner and and PAs. Um, you know, when they come in the industry, they do very well, but there's just not that many of them. How do we get more in? You know, it's funny. I used to tell people um, as a PA, I get paid paid to listen to my patients. And then the doctor comes in for five minutes. Um, No offense to doctors. I love you. I've worked with you for a long time, but it really is. I mean, we're kind of, for lack of better terms, we're kind of the workhorse in the, in the space. We Mm -hmm. really have, you know, a lot of um, responsibilities as a medical provider. We're doing all the things we're doing paperwork. We're seeing patients. We're, you know, doing everything within this space. And I feel like PAs really have this, kind of workhorse mentality. And I think one of the things that that we struggle with is kind of getting into the aesthetic space because it doesn't seem like, you know, it seems more fun. And we have that mentality of, no, like we need to work. We need to do these 
you know, working 12 hours a day. That's sort of the mentality of PAs. And I think it's just, you know, doing what you guys are doing and really focusing on the PA in the space, because once they come over, they love it. For me, uh, you know, I had a very standard varicose vein practice and I was doing that very thing, working my butt off. But was when I was exposed to being able to do cosmetics along with what I was doing, it was very exciting for me. And I quickly realized I would much rather treat a patient in the aesthetic space and have them leave happy versus treating them in kind of that medical, you know, something was wrong space. And so for me, it was just getting exposed. And I think you guys are doing a great job at that is you're getting exposed, you're, you're exposing PAs to the space. Once they see it, they'll fall in love with it. It's just getting them out of that kind of workhorse mentality. Yeah. And the industry is really exploding right now. I right. think aesthetics, all these aesthetic procedures are becoming much more mainstream. It's um, so I think that also will really drive people into the space as well. Yeah, it's, you know, um, absolutely. It's 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 such a it's such a fun industry to be in. And rarely do you find. In fact, I've not encountered any PA or really any, you know, nurse practitioner or, or MD for that matter, who's, who's come into the space and then left because they didn't like it. You know, it's just, that doesn't happen. Um, so, um, you know, PAs are, are a huge target of ours to, to educate them, educate theirs. I tried to get into giving a presentation at their national meeting about aesthetics and, and they straight up told me, no, <laughs> like, no, your presentation is denied. So it's tough to even kind of get in there and to break in and say to these folks that we want you. So um, it's something we're definitely going to work on in the future. Unfortunately, that's because medical providers need us. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. You know, they need the workhorse. And yeah. so they're, they're kind of, you know, for me, I've seen a kind of scarcity mentality in medicine in general is, oh, I can't lose that person because I can dump all of these tasks on them and, and they can continue to help my my business run. So, you know, it's something that you're going to struggle with on that end. But I would say just keep going because once they get exposed, like you said, they're going to fall in love with the space and and understand that they really get to provide patient care at a totally different level. Right, right. Well, listen, it was great um, talking to you both. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I wish you both the best of luck. And I think, um, you know, I can't wait to see what uh, where the next year or two takes you because it's going to be, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. If, if folks want more information, um, what's the best way to, to get to get that information and to reach out if they want to talk to somebody? They can go right directly to our website. Um, if they're interested in learning more about the products in depth further than what our website offers, there's a place to kind of reach out to us and uh, we'll get back to them and, and get whatever information they need in front of them to, to look more at Epicutus. And that's Epicutus.com. Epicutus.com. Awesome. And I have to say, Alex, we just really appreciate the uh, relationship that we've had with Am Spa and the Medical Spa Show. It's been a, a really great way for us to kind of put ourselves on the map of the industry. And like you said, your staff has been incredible. They love the product. And we've really been able to create quite the buzz starting with the Medical Spa Show last year before our even full launch. Right. So it's just kudos to you guys and what you're doing. I know you're growing really quickly and it seems like you are, are, are growing the organization in the right way. And we just really appreciate that as a vendor affiliate and things like that. Well, I appreciate that. I have to say the, the, you did a, a room drop right at the, at MSS. That was like the most talked about thing of the entire event. People were just so excited about that. So, um, look forward to, uh, look forward to many more years, but I appreciate you saying that. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Max Stock, CEO and founder of Epicutus, and Lisa Johnson, Senior Vice President of Global Sales and Corporate Development at Epicutus. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get AmSpa content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.